by the way, was flying out the pulpit of bread programs. I encourage you. I, I know not everybody reads day to day, but I have done this for I don't know how many, over maybe 15, 20 years, I don't know. And it is, uh, I'm not disciplined enough to read my Bible without a piece of paper. And for some reason, this makes me do it. So I, I just keep following every year and thankful for that. So they're out in the information desk if you would like to try that. It's January 2nd, so you're only a day behind. Um, amen. Well, thank you to those watching. Thank you, Pastor and Lily, for supporting me and allowing me to speak today. And they are homesick along with many, many people. Amen. But it's part of life and uh, things that we deal with. Well, let's turn Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I believe I have something to speak today, and uh, I hope this, I want to challenge and I want to encourage us before we leave here today, I want to put something in your mind that will hopefully will stick from here on out of what this year is coming up. Amen. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, and after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and this people, unto the land which I do give them, to them, even to the children of Israel. God was going to give them land. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses. For the wilderness... And this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life as I was with Moses. As I was with him, so will I be. I will be with you. He said, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. That the Lord would be with us. Prior to this time, Moses, who had spent 40 years of wandering the wilderness with a flock of sheep, was now called on by God to lead his nation out of the promised land. Not too long after deliverance out of Egypt, God led them to enter the promised land, but the people were too afraid of taking it. And so for 40 years, they wandered a desert until they had been all those under the age of 20 had died and passed on, save Joshua and Caleb. Now, after going through a pastoral change, Moses had died. After Uncle Aaron died, it was time to enter their land again. One that would involve, this time, their participation. Everyone say participation. It would involve their participation rather than God just giving things to them. No longer would God provide free food, clothes or shoes that would not wear out. No longer a fire lead them by night and a cloud by day. The consistent same old was about to go. It was a new day and a new land. And today we have looked and observed in Scripture about God doing great things in the past. We've seen God do great things in recent past. I think Brother Perry mentioned some of the miracles that happened in the church the other night. There have been things that have been there. But this year, I want to put our focus that I believe God is going to do great things, as Pastor has said. 
not just do great things, but here's the thing. He's going to do them through you. He wants this for us. When I started getting this together, I felt like this was not a beat up message of get on the bus or get out, but this is an encouraging message that God does want you on the bus. He does want you with us. He does want you here. He does want you part of this whole thing. And the words that stuck to my mind on New Year's Eve service in here, we are moving from observation to participation. It is time to quit being the observer and time to be the one in participation. So my title, if they could fit it on the board, his screen here, 2022, is the year of participation. The year of participation. If you would just kind of close your eyes for a minute, let's just pray one more time, God. I pray, Lord, seal in my mind, God, seal in my heart today, Lord, before I walk out the door, the message that you have given me to hear, God, what I need to receive today, God. Let it get birthed down inside here, God, because there's somewhere that you're taking me, God. And I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. We say amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben. And thank you prior to that for all the music up here for leading us. And thank you for all that you're doing. I, I, I would tell you, I don't preach probably very long, so you don't have to buckle your seatbelt because I want to get from here to there quick as I can. And I want us to pray. Uh, we just need to get somewhere. God, in, back in the day, might have took someone from uh, a while to get the Holy Ghost. God's doing that quicker now than ever. God is doing things quicker. Years ago when I bought my first car, I had a 1979 Ford Fiesta. It got from 0 to 60 in about 21 seconds. I timed it. I tried to see how fast it could go as a four-cylinder engine. I have one now, a recent one. I have now a Honda Civic. It goes from there in about seven or eight seconds. Much quicker. God is increasing the horsepower in the in, or has increased the horsepower in this church from not just taking 20 seconds to get somewhere, but five seconds to get there, taking four seconds to get there. God is increasing things amongst us to get us to where we need to go. So we need to believe and say, Lord, if it's going to happen, it's ready to happen through me, and I'm ready to do it. And I thank you again for the online and those watching. This message is also for you because half of you are on there. You're not here. So we're going we're gonna to preach to them also. And um, amen. So a lot has happened last year. It's happened to us individually as a church. God has revealed things, at least to myself, things that I need to grow in. Uh, last year, probably uh, of all the years I've been in church, last year felt like I grew more than I'd ever grown. I don't know, it was challenging different things, heard things preached, and it kind of just moved upon me, things I'd seen. I'm like, God, I, I guess I'm just, you know, I need to change. I need to change. There's things in me that I don't like that I want to change. And thanks be to God that he's willing to change us, that he's willing to take us. So some of you have been through some of those things. You've been, uh, you, you've been through some changes. We've had many people that were born again last year, most who were healed. Uh, my, recently we had a Christmas program. I told Tony, my sister, who is a Catholic, does not go to apostolic church. She says this was a very, probably the best Christmas program she's been to. But the words that stuck in my mind is she said, this is something that the people of your city should be drawn to or would want to come see. That's a good thing to hear that someone who is out there said people would want to come to this. They would want to be here. And I'm glad to hear that type of report 
So for good or bad, the things we have been through last year has been to get us to where we are going right now. God has got something on the horizon. God has got something happening this year to take us unto, and I want him to do it. I want him to do it through us, through all of us, because God is going to partner with us. You're not just going to observe. You're not just going to watch unless you choose to, but you don't have to sit and watch. God is going to use you to do great things for him. How many of you are ready for that in Jesus' name? Amen. So when the wise men came to find Jesus, they knew there was a king that was going to be born. And they came from the east. They saw a sign, uh, a star in the sky, a sign. Uh, a lot of people think that that was several stars that were aligned together in planets and quite possibly could have been. Going with that theory, if there were several stars and planets lined up to make a bright star, then let me just say this. What led them to their, proper de- to their destination was a proper alignment. Everything aligned right in the sky, and it got them to where they needed to go. The first place they went, of course, was Jerusalem. It got them there. Everything was lined up. And, of course, we've got to get things aligned in our lives for us to find the way to where God's at. Everything aligned up. We can make sure that our hearts are right. We've repented. We're living a right life. We've been baptized in Jesus' name. God has filled us with the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, God will fill you today. I'll have you come up here. God will fill you with the Holy Spirit if you desire that. He'll do it today because he wants to partner with you. And if you're watching online, God wants to partner with you, and he's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost where you're at watching online. If you should choose when we're done with the service or while we're yet preaching, you can receive the Holy Ghost right where you're at because he does want you to have that more than anything else. So proper alignment in our life. We've got to have everything aligned because if it's aligned, we're going to find that manifestation of Jesus in us. We're going to find everything coming together. If you have a car and you get it aligned, it's able to get you where you need to go just the right way. Amen. If you have tires, anybody ever have that? Your tires are misaligned or things are not there. You hold the steering wheel. You have to hold it harder and you're going the wrong direction. You finally get that tires aligned. You're able to get where you go. You can even take your hands off the wheel when it's aligned. When we get God and we get everything in alignment, we can take our hands off the wheel finally and let the Lord lead us. Amen. You don't have to hold on anymore because I just need to hold on because things are not aligned. When everything gets aligned, you can let go of the steering wheel. God will take you where straight line where you need to go. Amen. That's what he'll do for your life if everything lines up. We don't have to hold on anymore. The Lord will take us. Thank you, Jesus. That was just right now. Uh, so the wise men came. The first stop was to Jerusalem where they had encountered a Herod who would later uh, kill all those that were two and under trying to find that Christ child, trying to find who this king was. That was where it led them. Jerusalem was not where they were supposed to stay. It was where they were led, though. They were led there because they had to fulfill a purpose that God had. There was a purpose that had to happen. So they went there. Uh, once they realized that wasn't where they were supposed to end, they got out and began to find the star in the sky, and it led them to where they needed to go. Let me just say this. Where God took you last year doesn't mean that's where you're supposed to stay at. Just because you came somewhere and God led you there doesn't mean that's the final stop that you need to park yourself and say, well, the Lord seemed to open the doors, and here I am. You better make sure God hasn't got somewhere else for you to go. That was just for a time and a season that he's got something beyond just where you were led to last year and where you found yourself. Don't ever get content to say, well, I think the Lord just led me here. He may have more for you. You just got to get outside and say, well, the star is moving again. I guess it's time to move. I've got a place to go. And someone say amen. 
So once we've been prepared for this new phase, a phase of God partnering with us to accomplish his will and what things that are needed to advance his kingdom. You may have thought today that I'm a nobody, but I will tell you this. God will prove to you that you are a somebody if you let him. You might think I'm a nobody. I have no, I have no class. I have no, no degree. I don't have anything. What could God do with me? I'm only 10 years old, 11 years old. I'm going to tell you something. When the wise men came to go find Jesus, he was a baby. There was a bunch of men there that probably should have fouled him also and fouled them to find out, but they thought, well, we'll wait till he's older. We'll wait till maybe he's born and he's older and, and he's a, a king. Then we'll go find him. You don't got to wait till you're older. God will use you when you're young. God will use you at any age you are. He'll take you somewhere if you let him. If you're understanding my voice right now, God will use you. And God will take you somewhere. Amen. So we want him to take us. The Bible says, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows up unto a holy temple of the Lord. We're fitly framed together. God put us together. When God made man, he didn't just leave him to obey his words, and that was it. But God partnered with him. When he made Adam, he didn't just say, Adam, I got some job uh, things for you to do. But God came down in the cool of the evening. God came down, or whatever time of day it was, came down in the cool of the day, and he spent time with him. God partnered with him. Didn't just say, here's some stuff for you to do, but I'm going to partner with you. I'm going to be with you also. You're not just doing this. But Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, Adam's job simply, do we have that scripture? Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Did I give that to you? And forgive me if I didn't, but I'll paraphrase it. God, Adam had two jobs. His job was to protect, and his job was to take care of the garden. He had to work the garden, and he also had to protect so those are the, the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden to dress it, that was to work the garden, and to keep it, that was to protect it. My question to you is when he made man and he had to work the garden, we understand that, but who did he have to protect the garden from? God said, I'm here, you're going to protect the garden. Now, I'm not for sure exactly who he had to protect it from, but one thing I do know he probably should have protected it from was snakes that got in the garden. Because there was a snake that came after Eve and messed around with her. And I know she messed up first before the man, but I wonder if the man was supposed to have his job right and get, take things out of the garden before they ever got there. So, men, make sure you get the snakes out of your house. That's your job. You protect your house. You get the snakes out. Don't wait for your wife to deal with them. You get them out of the house before they ever have to get dealt with. That's your job as a man. Someone say amen. Some ladies say Amen. So he had a job, but God didn't give up because Adam messed up and said, well, you know, when I tried to partner with man, man failed. God still had forgiveness. God still said, we're going to keep doing this. God still was wanting to partner with people. And so when Jesus was on the scene and getting ready to leave the world after his ascension, he spoke some words to men who utterly failed him. Men who denied him, men who ran from him, men who fought over who would be number one, men who lied, men who cursed, men that were cowardly, not exactly a group of people that I would want to partner with. But Jesus did, because look at Matthew 28 and verse 18 and 19. I'm going to read four scriptures in a row here, four different sayings of scripture. Jesus came and spake unto them, this group of people that we probably wouldn't partner with. 
And he said this, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. That's mine, all power. And verse 19, and he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. He goes, you're going to go forth and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, which the name of that is Jesus. He says, you're going to go. All power is given to me, alluding the fact that since you're going, my power is going to go with you. I'm going to partner with you. You're going to not be by yourself, but you're going to go, and I'm going to be with you. You're going to go. Um, chapter, uh, Mark, next setting. And he said, and go ye into all the world. Again, second time, go. I've got a job for you. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That gospel is the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That repents, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That was the message that was preached. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. In Luke chapter 24, verse 47, and it repents and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem, and verse 48, and you are witnesses of these things, and verse 49, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. I'm going to partner with you. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tear ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, in Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 4 through 5, and verse 8, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them, he said, I'm not, I'm not giving you, maybe if you want to, maybe if you don't, I'm giving you a commandment. This commandment is you don't go anywhere until I come and partner with you. You don't do anything until I come and I'm with you. You stay there until the promise of the Father comes down in verse 5. And for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? The partner, the Holy Ghost. God was going to partner with man. You weren't going to be alone. You weren't going to be by yourself. He says, I command you, you don't go anywhere until the partner shows up. Thanks be to God that we feel the partner when we're ministering to saints of God or to sinners or whoever, that we feel that partner that just tells me if you've got the gift of the Holy Ghost, that you've got the partner inside you. You've got him there because he wasn't there just to feel you. He was there to partner with you to take this song somewhere into all the world God wants to use you that's why you were filled with the Holy Ghost he sought fit to use you and if you're seeking the Holy Ghost you're going to get it because it's God's promise to you he wants to partner with you more than you realize in verse 8 you can't do it by yourself. You shall receive that power, that dunamis after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Thanks be to God that he's here to partner with us and not let us do this by ourselves. Because this is the year of participation. This is not the year of observation. We might have observed in the past and watched things and said, that's good. We've seen it from a distance. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather participate any day. I'd rather God say, I'm going to be with you. Will you go with me? I'll go with you, God. It's more of an exciting life to partner with God. Yesterday, uh, there were many people across this world watching uh, Fiesta Bowls and uh, all the other bowl games, football games. And do you realize that there were hundreds and millions of people observing, but only a few participating? There are people across TV screens, and if you go to a football game stadium, you'll see tens of thousands watching and only a handful down below playing in the game. If a man came up to me and said, we'd like you to play for Notre Dame today, and I, God gifted me with the ability to play football, which I don't have, and he said, you got two choices. Would you like to play? You, God's gifted. You'll make some touchdowns. You'll do some things like that. Or would you like to watch? And I'll give you front row tickets. I'd say I'd rather play. 
I don't care to watch. I'd rather play. God, I want to play. I don't want to be, I want to be working. I want God involved. I don't want to be a participant. There's a, we have too many observers in this world, too many people watching everything. They're watching things go by. They're watching it happen. I don't want to be that. I want God to use me. I want God to take me and partner with me and take me somewhere. And he wants to do that with you. I don't like to say, like Pastor said, that God used us, but he wants to partner with us. He wants to partner with everybody here and, and take us somewhere. And thanks be to God for that. Because we would be lost without it. We need it. We need to be laborers in his harvest, workers in his harvest. God didn't call us to be lazy. Let me just say this. A, a, there is no more true the statement of a lazy Christian than, an unle- than a loving devil. There's no such thing as a loving devil and there's no such thing as a lazy Christian. I don't want to be a lazy person. I want to be after what God wants us to be after. I'm looking forward to the day that when we receive texts and receive messages on social media, not of things that just kind of happened that day and things that went there, but I'm looking forward to the day to hear daily out of this church, this person got baptized today. This person got born again today. That's exciting to see somebody was born in the kingdom, someone was born today. I'm looking forward to someone being born again today because I want to see that we, had, that we can announce across this pulpit, guess what? It's a boy or it's a girl. We need to start hashtagging that online. Guess what? It's a boy hashtag. This person was born again today. This, it's a girl hashtag or hashtag it's a girl. This person was born again today. I witnessed to them in Starbucks and, and they received the Holy Ghost and this happened today. Hey man, we need to have some it's a boys and it's a girls that don't just happen in the maternity ward but happen in the church that happen here. There ought to be more people born again on a daily basis here than there are in the Goshen, the Elkhart Hospital because God would rather have new birth coming out of here than in some physical birth somewhere and thanks be to God for that but he wants new birth I'm looking for that I'm looking for that day that they're going to have to start you know what they're just one of us got to work for like the new the, the Elkhart Truth or whatever it is and start you know what push aside your uh, birth announcements page we got born again announcements to put in here today <laughs> we need to look forward every day looking at the news and say I wonder who's born again today oh man look at that this person right here, born today, weighed 180 pounds. Well, a little bit heavier than a baby, but born 180 pounds, born 200 pounds. <laughs> we don't care. We won't put that in there. But just, wouldn't that be exciting? I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want God to participate in the harvest with me. I want to be part of that. The Bible says, and this is not on the screen, but likewise I say unto you in Luke chapter 15, 10, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. You want to join your life? Help bring people in. Help bring people, and there's nothing more exciting than being partnered with God and seeing people born again. Uh, two nights ago, Friday night, uh, we didn't really have, we had a service, we didn't have any preaching. God moved in here, and I'm thankful, and I think, I think Gabby got touched, or got filled with the Holy Ghost just in there, and I asked her, I said, you, she goes, I want it, I've been wanting it for years, and, and, and it, very simply, she just began to pray, and I don't really know, she got later on, she came to me, and she goes, I, I spoke words I didn't know, she goes, I got the Holy Ghost, I go, and she goes, I feel so different, I says, man, that, that's what it's all about, the last person of the church this year to receive the Holy Ghost last year, 
and, and thanks be to God for that. And, and, and when people are praying for the Holy Ghost, we need to get behind and worship around that. Because if you go to a maternity ward, you don't see those nurses just sitting there as the woman is trying to deliver. and just they, They're usually, come on, you can do it. Come on, breathe. You can do it. You can do it. There's cheerleaders going on. That's how, that's how people are born in the, in, in the church. That's how people are born again. We're cheerleading along the way. We're, we may be praying with them when we're behind saying, come on, you can do it. We're worshiping God. We're, this is how God partners. This is how he works. We worship with that. We, we participate. And the Lord will do that. And I'm thankful he'll involve us if we want to. Observation sees results but has no ownership in those results. Observation sees results but has no ownership in them. Participation puts skin in the game. If Jesus already put his skin in, then so can I. He already put his skin in the game. Then I'm going to put mine in also. I'm going to be a participant. Amen. God called people that were involved. Moses at the burning bush to more than just observe. He went up to it. He just says, i got to see what's exactly going on. David, the story of David and Goliath, when he went out into the battlefield and they were fighting the giant, or getting, well, they weren't fighting, they were trying to think that they might be fighting the giant, Goliath out there. When David walked on that battlefield, the only thing different between him and all the thousands of the Israelites who were armed up to the T, the only difference between the two of them is David was was willing to participate. Everybody else was there to observe, even the king. And God took a one man out of thousands of men that says, I'm willing to participate. And God said, I'll give you the victory, and I'll make you the king next. God is going to do things in your life. If you're the, even if there's nobody else here, but you say, I'll participate. I will participate, God. I'm here today. Give me that rock. Give me that sling. Give me those words to speak. I'll participate today in Jesus' name. David threw, those rock, threw that rock what knocked down Goliath was as much as words as that rock. When he said, this day, God's going to deliver you. I think if that rock missed, God still would have struck Goliath dead. <laughs> because there was one man who was willing to participate. One man who was willing to try. Don't say, well, I tried. They didn't get the Holy Ghost. They didn't get healed. You were a participant. Go at it and do it again. Go at it and do it again. Go at it again. Don't, don't fail and don't stop because one time it didn't happen. And you tried to witness to someone they looked at you funny. People look at you funny anyways. Just ask me. I know. They'll look at you funny anyways. You just go out there and you do it anyways. You go out there and say, I'm going to be a participant today. I'm going to wake up and realize I am a participant. God, what is there for me to do today? I'm ready to go. I want to be involved. And he wants to involve you more than you know. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. Remember, Jesus always called those who were working. They were mending, fixing nets, fishing. He didn't call people that were just watching. He called people that were working. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He that observed the wind... Shall not sow. He that regards the clouds shall not reap. You're not going to get anything by just watching. You're not going to have anything happening by just looking and seeing what happens. The farmer knows he's got to get out there and sow seed at some point. And he never has an ideal time to sow seed. He's got to at some point say, I've taken a risk, and here we go. I've got to get this in the ground. You may never have the opportune time that you're looking for for God to use you. You just get out and start doing it anyways. Don't wait for that right timing. Don't wait for that proper time. It may never come to get out there. you just got to go because if you don't, if you just observe, it will all just pass away, but we've got to get involved. That same word that, go ahead and put that scripture back up there again. He that observeth. That word observeth is the same definition as it was back in Genesis, to protect. You can't protect some things. And you need to make sure you're not wasting your time protecting things that don't matter. 
Don't protect things that have no fruit to them, that have no matter eternally. Quit protecting those things. They got no bit, they got nothing. Protect things that matter. Souls matter. The kingdom of God matters. These things matter. I'm going to do what I can to protect the church, to protect the lost, to protect people out there. My fishing boat, if it gets destroyed, so be it. My car I got, if it gets hit, so be it. These things happen. Not that you don't take care of them, but they happen. But I don't want my heart into those things. I want my heart into the things that matter. I don't want to protect the wind. I don't want to protect things that don't mean nothing to God. But I want to protect things that will have fruitful things that are going to happen. Our world today is crying out for help. They're crying out for help. They're sending the SOS signal out. They're saying, somebody, please come along and help. We had my, my daughter, we hung some balloons up for the service the other day that said 2022. She goes, when you go on the other side of them, it looks like it says SOS. Of course, it had another S in there. And that's what this year is. The world is crying out. But we're here to participate and reach them. We're here to help and to reach those people. First John chapter 4, verse 19. I want to read this scripture. We love him because he first loved us. Now, I've got another part of this message I'll preach some other time. But here's the thing that I, I, I drove home. I'm calling Tony about this. I drove home a month or so ago from something we had at church. It just struck me so hard in the car drive, and I says, God, I can't love you unless you first love me. I get that. I get that you had to love me before I first loved you, but here's what I realized that goes on with people in the world. They can't love God either until they first feel the love of God, and usually that comes through you. Whether you got to preach the words of love to them or you got to come alongside them and show them love or however you show them love, they've got to feel love or they're never going to find God. You may be God's only hands of love to reach them and they can't find him until you get there with love first. We love him only because he first loved us. That's a challenge to me. And hopefully to you that I've got to love people so they feel something coming in me, reaching unto them because God wants to touch them and he wants to reach them. I heard a story the other day of a man, um, uh, I told my wife as a preacher, and he said <clears throat> these words he was trying to reach. Or years ago he was playing basketball in a gym. And uh, this man's a mega preacher now, I think. But he was playing basketball in a gym and they used to have some guy would come along there a little bit awkward guy would come along and play basketball with him he didn't talk he didn't say no words he came along and everybody thought he was kind of weird so they didn't feel like talking to him but this man who became a preacher later said you know what I'm going to say some words to him and found out his name was Bo and he always said Bo he goes good to see you today that's all he said Bo he said just didn't say anything back said nothing at all every day they came to play basketball he says hey Bo good to see you again Bo didn't say anything he just played basketball 25 years have passed away. He hadn't seen that guy after a season of basketball. Didn't see him anymore. And one day that man shows up in his church and he said, that man looks so familiar. I don't know who he is. That man came up to him and said, do you remember me? And he said, I do, but I don't know who you are. He said, I'm Bo. Remember, you used to play basketball with me. He goes, I do. He said, I want you to let you know back then, I think it was 11 or 12, I, I was out in the streets. I was by myself. And I was looking for love and never knew where it was at. And they said, the only reason I came and played basketball was you always said every day, how are you doing? And I look forward to hearing it every day. 
that was an extension of love that reached to a man. Even though you may have said, well, he ain't responding, so I give up. But that man kept every day, how you doing again? How you doing again? If that's all I can do to participate in someone's life, then let me participate that way. Don't think I'm telling you you got to get out there and stand in the Walmarts and shout at the top of your lungs, Jesus is the Lord. I'm not telling you you have to do that, but participate somewhere. Reach those hands of love somewhere. We read a story, and uh, I think, uh, Austin, you gave us a book, um, Made for More. There's a story about Mother Teresa. And she was a Catholic nun who took care of the sick that lived in India. Uh, many of them were dying and weren't going to live. And some guy came, reporter came to visit her and find out. And he asked her, why are you helping all these people that are going to die anyways? Why don't you help those that might make it? And she says, because those people that are about to die need to feel loved. And she wanted to make sure that before they die, they felt both human and divine love, that they knew somebody was there. Even if there was no hope for them, she wanted them to feel love. And we ought to say, God, there's a world out there that I want to reach and I want to love. I want to put hands out there, God. I want to find them and I want to help them. I want to get involved. God does not want us to sit and bury our talent. God has got a talent for us to use somewhere. Uh, I think the other night we are going to have communion. And Tony said the mice got to all the communion cups because they sat there. They sat there too long. They were sitting there and mice got to them. Well, don't bury your talent or mice are going to get to it. You got to say, you know what, I can't leave here and not be a participant anymore lest something get and destroy what God put in me. I want to get out there and I want to help somebody. I want to see somebody saved and somebody reached for God. So, uh, and I, I'm going to close here in just a few minutes. A few, um, uh, well, I'll say several months ago, my wife and I, of course, you heard Carol's testimony a little bit yesterday that in, uh, I felt a burden to reach to the town that she lives in. I said, God, there's people that are lost here. And I have been driving by that town. My kids went to school in Wakarusa. They've been there all their life. It's going to school. Just went to, drove there and back and forth for school functions and things. It wasn't until last February, almost a year ago, that I was there. And somehow God hit me with a burden. And I just began to weep and cry, which is not like me. I don't cry very well, as I would like to. But I felt such a burden for lost people. I says, God, these people are lost. I said, I, and, I, and I didn't know I was saying this really until I was done. I said, God, I said, I mean, in a way I did, but I said, Lord, I said, don't, don't destroy this town until I get through with it. Don't let your hand of judgment fall until I'm done. Let me at least try to reach. Let me at least try to do something, God, if that's all I can do. And so we started walking doors and just asking people to need prayer. That's all we did is just knock doors and ask people to pray. And that may not seem like a whole lot. But in some aspects, God seems to answer things, and God touches people. God, thank you, Carol, for coming, and God moving upon that and filling people in her family with the Holy Ghost and doing things because just simply, God wants to participate with us. He wants to work with us, and you've got stories, some of you in here, but God is wanting to participate with every one of us to reach out there and to do something for his kingdom. God wants that out of us. He's looking for that. You know, and Jesus said, if the city rejects me, shake the dust off your feet. But in the other time, he says, well, he told a story about if the fig tree doesn't grow fruit. And the man says, well, let me put some dung around it and try it again in the year. Apparently, that got permission because when we intercede, God will say, I'll let go a little bit. Go ahead. If you're going to try working, I'll let my hands off and see if you can do something with it. Who knows who's out in your life right now that if you just say, God, I'll do something, would you let your hands go for a little bit? And I'm going to try to do what I can to work with them. And the participator is going to come down and help you to reach those people that are there. Because the Bible says that except Zion travails or something like that, uh, she shall bring forth no children. Except we travail, except we intervene somewhere, God wants to do it. Last scripture, Psalm 126, verse 6. 
Thank you, Jesus. He that goes forth in weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Everyone say rejoicing. He's going to come. Music, if you can come. We're going to pray here in a second. If you go forth and weep, bearing precious seed, doubtless you're going to come again with rejoicing. How many of you want to have a rejoicing year? Amen. We dealt with COVID. And forgive my voice is gone. We dealt with COVID. We dealt with all that stuff. And I don't look forward to a year like that, but we're looking forward to a rejoicing year this year. A rejoicing year, not just in this church, but in your life. And those those watching in your life, God is going to bring you a joyful year because you're willing. You're willing to participate. And God is going to do that in your life because you're willing. Amen. If you would stand right now. Amen. Jesus said these words, my father worketh hitherto and I work. We must work as they worked, as he worked. We must work just like that. We're going to say, God, I'm going to work. I'm going to work and I'm going to get somewhere. We're going to see things that are going to happen. God is going to do things. When the wise men came to see Jesus, I just told you, there were those men that were there that day when they came to the scholars and said, where is he that is born? And those Jewish scholars said, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. He'll be born there. And so the wise men got up and said, well, we're going to head there and look for him. Herod says, go, find him. Of course, he wanted to kill everybody. But I, I marvel that the Jewish, the wise men, those that were there, didn't say, we should come also. We want to get involved. But the only participants out of that castle that day were a group of Gentiles that were willing. We're willing. I just say this when Moses was before he took them out of the promised land, Moses had never circumcised his children. Just whatever. That night in Zipporah, before God killed Moses, circumcised her child. Zipporah, Midianite, a Gentile woman, said, If you're not going to take this, I'll do it. How many of you are willing today to say, I want to participate? I want to participate with everything in me. Because God's going to do that. We're going to, we're going to pray here in just a minute, and we're going to say, Lord, by a declaration, we're going to say, I'm here to participate. This is a year of participation. I don't know what my problems are. I don't care what they are right now. There is a world out there that is dying and that needs Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you need the Holy Ghost, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost. We'll pray for you also. You're going to get it. Because God wants to partner with you more than just fill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to partner with you to help you to reach this world. Jesus said these last words. He said, Lo, I am with you even to the ends of the world. I am with you. He is with us. Everyone say, He is with us. Everyone say, He is with me. Amen. Amen. Lift your hands where you are right now in your seat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, today, God, that I am going to participate. I'm going to participate today in the name of Jesus. We're going to worship here in a minute. We're going to worship the Lord because he's good. I'd like to know if you'd like to participate. Why don't we just gather in the front as a willing vessel to say, God, I'm participating. 
They're going to play some music. We're just going to worship the Lord here today. This first service in 2022 to seal inside of us that we're going to participate. We're going to get involved in the harvest. Come on, let's just let's gather up here in the front. We're going to lift those hands. We're going to worship, guys. We're going to play some music. We're going to worship the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, today. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Here I am, God. Here I am, God. I need everybody participating. Come on, listen. Let's come to the front. If you want to get involved, if you want to get involved in His kingdom, you're saying, I'm willing, God. I'm willing, God. I'm willing today. Just walk to the front. Just walk to the front. They're going to play some music or sing whatever. We're just going to worship Him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord. My hands are here to go. My hands are here to go. My feet are here to go, Lord. I'm declaring right now, God, I'm ready to go. In Jesus' name, I'm declaring, God, we're going to go. We're going to go somewhere with you, God. We're going to go in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to go, God. We're going to get involved. We're going to go, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to go, God. We're going to go today. We're going to go, Lord. In the name of Jesus, pray for someone next to you. Pray for someone on the side of you. God's going to partner with them. Pray for someone next to you. In Jesus' name, pray that God partners with them. Pray God go with them. Lord, partner with them today. In the name of Jesus, God's going to be with us today. God's going to go with you. You're not alone in this thing. God's going to be with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me just stop for this a moment here. Before we go any further, is anybody here, anybody here need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I want you to step up in the front. We're going to pray. I get some men and women to pray for anybody here who say, I've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm willing right now. I need God to fill me. Or you need a, you just need something. You need something God to do in your life. Amen. You need God to fill the Holy Ghost because I don't want anybody to leave here. He's going to partner with you. He's going to partner with you. You feel cold in your soul and you want God to partner with you. Just come up in the front here. Don't feel ashamed. I've been up here enough times. If you feel like I need someone to pray, lift your hand. I need prayer right now. Just lift your hand where you're at right now. If you need someone to pray for you, God's going to go where you're at in Jesus' name. God's going to help you right now in Jesus' name. we got some people here praying. Lift your hand up. Someone sees where you're at. God, touch them right now where they're at. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.